The one thing that is undeniably universal is that death is inevitable. The death of a loved one is unsettling, regardless of the situation, and as such, those at the end of the process serve an invaluable role. Our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc, and Munt and the Cremation Society is here to tell us how funeral directors are here to provide much-needed assistance. Our main job is to educate, to comfort, to give them order, and to help them consider celebrating the life of the person that they lost, which is very therapeutic for them in the long run. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Hello and welcome to Innate Life Reclamation Podcast. Join us to listen in to get more in tune with the inborn magnificence in our world, in our bodies, and in our lives. I'm Dr. Lona Cook. And I'm Dr. Danny Otis. Our mission is to help people reconnect to their inner wisdom and use it in their everyday lives to transform their well-being by having real conversations, clinical insights, and opportunities for you to apply your own inborn intelligence to your everyday life. So start now by tuning in and turning on to the full potential of your body and life. Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast. It's been a little bit since it's been you and I on Mm -hmm. a podcast. Um, And today we wanted to dive into one of the toughest conversations, which is food. Everybody has an opinion. There's 72 different ways to do one diet. Yeah. (laughs) What do you do? Yeah. I feel like, especially you hit it on the nose, just, you see books out there, like the carnivore diet, only eat meat. And then you see the other field. It's like, don't eat meat at all. Don't touch it. So what is a good way to start going about that? Where do you even start? And then also, how do you know to not only listen to yourself to be able to help you guide that? Um, but yeah, what, what do we do? Where do we start? (laughs) I was just talking to someone over lunch that was talking about how so many things that we want to create change. Um, we make, we make things harder and we spin our wheels because we're unwilling to potentially be wrong. Meaning we're unwilling to look at what we've done and see that there's a different way to do it or have a perspective change. Um, and I definitely think food is one of those things where, you know, we tend to eat like those we were brought up around. And if someone eats very differently than us, a lot of times we kind of shut that down because we're not interested in changing how we eat. Mm -hmm. Um, And so maybe this is just opening up some mindset shifts, our conversation today, um, because one of the things Danny and I were talking about earlier is just how important really the energy of anything you do is like what energy you put into any conversation we're having is usually indicative about what's going to come out of that. And food is no different. So if I'm looking at my food in a way where it's nourishing me and I'm choosing what feels right for my body versus looking at my food, like, Oh, I eat so much and it's going to make me fat. And Mm. I'm addicted to this type of food. That's a completely different view on why I'm putting something in my mouth. And I think that's a good place to start is just to start to ask about like, what are the thoughts I have about the food I put in my body? Right. And 
Dr. Lomas had a great, it starts a lot with our family's habits growing up. And I know on previous podcasts, we talked about how I was able to do a 180 on some of my eating habits just to, again, help get me to the place where I wanted to be as far as health goes. But what are also the things that you see on a day-to-day basis? So we say this with so many other things too, like what is the constant bombardment or programming out there that's making us respond a certain way? And every time you turn on TV or there's a commercial, it's like the Super Bowl is brought to you by Pepsi halftime show, right? And it's like, when's the last time anybody told you that Pepsi was good for you? Probably never because, right? So it's all these little things and ads and here and there that if you start to realize maybe where it's coming from, and again, we're not telling you to maybe never have a Pepsi ever again, but if you can start to shift some of these subtle energies about that and start to recognize, okay, why am I starting to do some of these things or just naturally mm-hmm. going to this? Um, I think that's when, again, some of those big changes can really start to occur. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'm, I just turned 38 yesterday and we were talking about Happy this, <laughs> we were talking about this <laughs> last night, how many of us that grew up in the eighties and nineties, and maybe it's still true. I think there's more knowledge than there was at this time. We grew up on super sugary cereal, Pop-Tarts. You know, we were wired from the time we woke up in the morning. And that was definitely promoted in the commercials. I mean, you wanted your mom to get whatever you saw in the commercials. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they did because it was faster and easier. And now I think we're starting to have more awareness that um, people read labels. They know that things like high fructose corn syrup isn't an ingredient you want to be number one on your food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope some of those basics, most of us know that then when we do choose to eat a pop tart, it's not our main uh, source of fuel to start every single morning. Mm-hmm. It might be just something every once in a while to reminisce. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think too, people always talk a lot about cravings and how they become habits and stuff. But I think a lot of times what our body is craving, we might not even know that it's craving it. I think obviously you hear like, Oh, when I'm pregnant, I tend to crave ice cream or this or that. And I think a lot of it may be come down to what your body nutritionally needs at that time. Is it calories? Is it protein? Is it fat? And we start to associate these foods, even if we don't know it, that, okay, this might have a high fat content and that's what my body's craving. But we also know that there's good sources of fat and not so good sources of fat. Um, So when we start to one, tune in and get those cravings, how can we realize what it is that we're actually craving and make smarter choices? And I think the best way to do that is just like you said, there's a long list of ingredients on the back of anything. And I think if you can pronounce those words, one is a good place to start, because if you can't, that's probably a good sign that it's maybe processed and not in the most natural or God-given form. If it's in the most natural form, it's not going to have a list of ingredients. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What was I was trying to think? Like I was looking at chapstick the other day and it said, fortunately I had a good one. Granted it's not food, but it said like beeswax um, coconut oil. And then like a couple other things like peppermint oil. And it's like, cool, three things I can drive with that. Whereas if you were to look at like maybe a Carmex, it was like a hundred different things and you right. can go into the same thing with food. So, yep. yeah. And honestly, what we put on our skin is kind of similar to what we put through our digestive tract because technically what's going through your des- digestive tract still has its chance to exit. Right. Um, you said something, Danny, that sparked, um, I've, I've read various things that 
I think this concept makes a lot of sense to me that especially people who are trying to lose weight, um, there's probably a, a connection between having excess body tissue um, and the fact that we are undernourished. And it almost feels like that seems counterintuitive because if you have extra weight, um, <coughs> you would think that like you need more food or you need less food, but are you eating the right things? Right. <laughs> and it's like, is your body spending more energy trying to digest the food that you're eating than maybe actually you're getting from it? So I know a lot of the things that they talk about in school um, when it comes to the difference between like a carbohydrate, you know, a fat, a protein is the amount of energies per calorie that you're able to get from said food. Um, so obviously we know we're getting more energy from fats and proteins. And I think like I said, that's been traditionally labeled maybe as not the most ideal source. But I think, again, we find out more and more every year about what's actually good for our bodies. But again, if we can just start to create those little changes of, okay, I can pronounce all the words in my food. Um, I know where it's coming from, where it's not, you know, having a thousand different things in it. Um, that's obviously a good place to start. As you hear me coughing. Um, so one of the things that happened last night is I had a birthday dinner and I knew that I was already feeling under the weather, but there's cake and sugar. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, that's probably not the greatest thing to have right now while my, my immune system's already trying to get itself back to a better equilibrium. But it's also a conscious choice. I was like, my son made dinner. He's really excited about cake. I'm going to have a little cake. And so then today it's like probably getting a ton of water through my system and trying to flush things out is the right choice after I've imbibed some things that probably are not supporting cleaning my system out too. So I think that's another thing we don't hear is like, just because you maybe have a meal that goes off the plan, let's say, doesn't mean that you can't just reset the next day. Um, One of my mentors said, most of us fear not having enough food when really our bodies can go quite a, quite a long time um, just cleaning house and aren't meant to be digesting all the time, but we're taught like eat every two hours or every three hours. Um, and certainly when we're not feeling well, sometimes one of the best things we can do is eat less and let our system and organs um, just have a minute to reset um, and take in some extra water and just let the body clean house. Yeah. I think that's a great point because you wouldn't work out 24 seven if you're trying to, you know, maybe gain muscle or do all these things, or just like you wouldn't go walking in 24 seven, right? Your body always needs a break. So even if we are ingesting maybe quality foods, like, are we ever giving those cells in our stomach a chance to take a break, recover, um, kind of rebuild so that when we do get the proper food, it's able to ingest those nutrients and not just be so worn out and burnt out. And like you said, where you feel fatigued and hungry at the same time, even though you just ate a meal, Mm -hmm. it's like that may be a sign that your body needs a little pause um, and just trying to limit some of the windows that you may be ingesting some food. One of the things that I really like is just after dinner's kind of the last time you eat for the night. I know it's always great to have a bedtime snack, but if you can give your stomach 12 to, you know, even try and stretch it to 14, 16 hours, whatever it is, even just a couple of days in a row, just to try and break up a pattern. 
that's going to allow a lot of good time for your stomach to heal, your organs to heal and all the good stuff. Yeah. That's called intermittent fasting and definitely worth reading about, especially if you're someone who craves food a lot or feels like their blood sugar gets really wacky, reading some different material on there's not one size fits all there. Everybody's fed and fasted windows are going to be different. Um, and when they do that, but I, I agree that when we think back to like innate lead eating before we had grocery stores where we could go get everything, we would not be in a constantly fed state all the time. And our hormones were probably not actually meant to always be cycling around digestion. So we might eat in the morning one day when you had just been able to get a fresh kill or something like that. If you're back in the like hunter gatherer days, and then you might not eat again for 24 hours. So we can go longer without food and most of us will do just fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I know one of the things that we always like to leave you with are just tips and tricks on different things like that. And I think Lona said it best there on you know, we're not always used to just the breakfast, lunch, dinner. And I don't think that's really where genetics come from. So my tip would be try to eat fruits and vegetables in season. I think that's Mm -hmm. huge because a lot of the times everything's available to us 24 seven throughout the whole entire year. But in reality, do you think you can grow tomatoes, different vegetables in the winter, fruits, vegetables, right? So where are we getting that food from? Is it in season or is it one of these genetically modified foods because what a concept where we have to actually pay more money for them to actually do nothing to our food Mm -hmm. and it's just like if we could start to go more towards that way i think that's going to go a very very long way Mm, that's good yeah i think my tip would just be to get inquisitive um you know if you don't like the results you've been getting as far as your physique and how you feel Um, then kind of like what we said earlier is like, be willing to be wrong. Um, I was vegetarian for a year and a half of my life. And when I got pregnant, I decided I was going to start eating meat again. And I feel wildly better eating meat than if I don't, but I had to be willing to be wrong on being a vegetarian in order to move into that. Now for someone else, they might feel the opposite of, of where I was, but I, definitely noticed a marked difference in my energy as well as I was leaner by eating some meat in my diet. Um, So again, get curious. Maybe there's something you could change. Maybe you want to talk about a different, um, a different plan to your eating. Like maybe you're eating the same things, just like what Danny was saying with a break in there where you give your, your time, your digestion, a time to reset Um, all of these things are just the willingness to have a new perspective on food. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us at innate life reclamation podcast. We hope you found tips and tricks to start incorporating innate into your everyday life because it is in your everyday life, whether you see it or not. You can find both Dr. Danny and myself at cookchirocenter.com or on any of our social media. And we'd love for you to share a podcast and leave us a review. Thanks for listening.